This episode of I Want to Like You is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code real simple at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Hello and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ochtrop, the editor of Real Simple, and with me today is Ryan Fair, who's an assistant professor of management at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business. Hi, Ryan. Hi. Thank you for being here today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, And I'm going to try, I want us both to try in this entire podcast not to apologize for anything, because what we're talking about today is people who can't say they're sorry. Now, when I was thinking about, you know, preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about the people in my life and their level of apologizing. And without naming names, I live with a few other people, some of whom I gave birth to and one of whom I'm married Mm -hmm. to, who Mm -hmm. like one of them doesn't apologize a lot because he's always assigning blame to somebody else. Like things are kind of always somebody else's fault, which I think is one version of not apologizing. And then I have another person that I live with who apologizes all the time, but it's like, you know, you're walking into a room and he walks in first and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like he apologizes so often that I feel like it looks like it's like a self-confidence issue, right? So I think that's bad Mm -hmm. apologizing. Mm -hmm. And then when I think about myself, so full disclosure, I have a senior in high school and so, you know. I don't even need to go on, actually, when I to, in describing how frequent the arguments are. I have, let's say I have an <laughs> argumentative – I'm an Aries, and so I'm kind of argumentative, and I'm like a ram. And I have a 17-year-old and so who's not an Aries, but it doesn't matter. So we are constantly <laughs> butting heads. Um, sure, sure. Less and less as time goes on. Anyway, I learned from a child psychologist – that or I read a book or something. I don't know. I can't remember where I heard this, but it's it's so, so, so good. What my son says that I do when we've had a fight is I say to him after like things have cooled down, I say, I'm sorry, blah, 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 but la, 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 la. And basically, if you say I'm sorry, but it's kind of like saying I'm not really sorry. It's like, I'm sorry, but the thing you did was really crappy. And so, right. so you're kind of putting it back on them. So, so what I read in this book or this person told me was, you should say, I'm sorry, and. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. Which to me was like, it was like the clouds parted. It was like the smartest thing I've ever heard. And I'm 51 years old and it took me that long to learn that. But whatever. We, we all mm-hmm. learn something new every day. So, so how, when you think about people who don't say they're sorry in your life, professionally or personally, are there lots of examples that come to mind and are they different? Um, Sure. So I think that um, pretty much everybody can think of people uh, in their lives uh, that don't apologize as much as they would wish. I think that uh, if you ask my wife to think of somebody in her life uh, that has this problem, I think that she'd think of one person right away. She would say (laughs) that I don't apologize as much. And she'll say, you study this. How can you possibly not apologize? And I say, "It's, it's harder than you think. So 
you know, even knowing uh, that we don't apologize as much as we should or, or in the right way, it's still difficult. In my own life, I've had plenty of those experiences as well. Mm-hmm. So I have a coworker who never really, in my opinion, pulls their weight enough mm-hmm. uh, on projects, but often doesn't apologize for that. I had a roommate who was just messy and, you know, wouldn't do their part in the household chores, but he would never really uh, apologize for that as well. So, so it comes up a lot. Now, why do you, so you mentioned in talking about your wife, you know, she were to say to you, you study this, how could you not apologize? And you would say to her, it's harder than you think. Why is it hard? Like, why is apologizing hard for some people or many people or most people? Sure. Sure. So I think it's helpful to start by taking a step back and understanding what an apology is. Okay. So so an apology uh, consists of two things. The first is responsibility Mm -hmm. uh, and the second is regret. So you need both of those things at the same time uh, to have an apology. If you're not taking responsibility for whatever happened, it's more of an excuse. If you don't have any regret, uh, it's more of a justification. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's only with those two things together that you really have an apology. So when I say to my son, I'm sorry, but I've got regret, but I'm not taking responsibility probably. Yeah, exactly. So what you're doing is sometimes we call those defensive tactics. So you're kind of taking a step back and hedging against that that responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry if you got offended or I'm sorry that you're upset, not I'm sorry for what I did. Right. Right. So you're kind of taking a step back and and sometimes we'll maybe blame the other person. I'm sorry that you're so sensitive. Right. Uh, <laughs> not the best apology <laughs> in the world. Rarely has anybody said that. Well, I appreciate the fact that you're sorry that I'm a sensitive person. That's, that's very kind of Okay. So I love this. So an apology has a, an element of responsibility and an element of regret. That's great. Right, exactly. And so there are a few a few reasons uh, that people don't apologize. So first, on sort of the most basic level, they don't apologize if they don't feel one of those two things. Mm-hmm. So if they don't feel responsible uh, for what happened, or if they don't regret their actions, then they won't apologize. Mm-hmm. So you may think that they're responsible for what they did. You may wish that they regretted what they did, uh, but they may not. But there are other reasons as well that people don't apologize. One of the big ones is it's really hard to be in the role of the offender. So when we think about conflict, we often think about the victim and you know how terrible it is to be harmed, uh, but it's actually a really difficult experience for the offender too, because what's happening is when you're cast in the role of an offender, mm-hmm. um, it's really threatening to, to your sense of self and to your sense of a self as a good person. So we all like to think about ourselves as good moral people. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody says, hey, you did this terrible thing, then one of our immediate reactions is to feel threatened by that. Mm-hmm. And so we say, well, I'm, I'm not a bad person. I can't cost it. And so we feel embarrassed, we feel guilty. And so we just, we, we sort of shut down. And, so it's and sort of like self-defense? Is it like a self-defense yes. mechanism? That's, that's right. It's a self-defense mechanism. And in fact, research has actually shown that immediately after refusing to apologize to somebody, mm-hmm. uh, we feel more powerful and our feelings of self-esteem go up oh. for a little while. Oh. So it actually feels good not to apologize to people because you're sort of affirming this idea that you're a good person to yourself. But then is that kind of like, a, all right, so... But that is that kind of like a sugar high, like in the immediate aftermath of not apologizing, you feel great and better because you're not a jerk. But then like 
later don't you realize, oh, I'm kind of even more of a jerk because I didn't have, like, you know, you see what that, I'm that's saying? That's exactly right, right. Yeah. So so, so the, this research shows that this happens right away, but by no means is that a suggestion that we should all go around and refuse to apologize all the time. Uh, so it happens in the aftermath of that as well. It doesn't go well. Um, and then you have more conflict and it creates what we could call a conflict spiral. Mm-hmm. And so then um, the victim feels more upset and then you become more defensive uh, and it becomes very difficult to break out of that cycle. Okay, so I'm not going to go into details here, but I think I'm in a conflict spiral with someone close to me right now. Mm-hmm. How do you get out of a conflict spiral? Well, it is it is difficult. And so there are a few things that I can kind of recommend uh, in that realm. So the first one is getting the other person's perspective. So we like to think that we're really good at taking other people's perspectives. We like to imagine, oh, I know how you're feeling. I understand you know, where you're coming from, but we're actually remarkably bad at it. Uh, so Nick Epley is a professor at the University of Chicago. He has this book called MindWise, mm-hmm. which basically shows that we're not very good mind readers. Okay. Uh, and so there was one study that was done, for instance, where couples together an average of 10 years, they're asked to predict their spouse's responses to 20 questions. Like, if I had to live my life over again, I would do things differently. Mm-hmm. On average, they should have gotten about three right. They did guess about five right, but they thought they would get 13 of them right. Right. So we're not good mind readers, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> what, what he recommends is he says we need to stop perspective taking and start getting and giving perspective. Mm-hmm. So if you're trying to get the offender to understand your perspective, you have to literally tell them why you're upset. Right. How you are hoping that they would respond, sort of the, the way you're feeling, the way you're seeing the situation. And we don't do that as much as we think that we do. And so you end up with these two people with these two very different experiences of the same event, where on the one side, you have this great person trying to do the best they can, who maybe made this one small mistake. And then the other side, the person is perceiving this you know, offender who doesn't care at all and doesn't even want to apologize and and that sort of thing. Okay. So just to recap, so to get out of a conflict spiral, which you can get into sometimes if you, in a self-protective way, don't apologize, is to, you know, the two people need to say to each other, here's how I'm, here's how I view the situation, how I'm feeling. And then the other person gives their side and then they work together to understand each other. Right. So the first part is that perspective. And then the second part is not to threaten the other person. So remember what I said before, that when you're in the the, the role of the offender, it's very threatening to your sense of self as mm-hmm. a moral person. Right. And so if you start being too accusatory and say, you're a terrible person, how could you possibly do this? I can't even understand. Then that gives the person no out, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But if you can actually be less accusatory, and say a little bit more, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Let me tell you a story of a time I hurt somebody else and felt really bad about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Then that gives them that way out of still being seen as a good person, but still apologizing for that. So it's sort of like, I understand you. I understand exactly, exactly. you and I accept you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I okay. accept you. Exactly. Okay. We're going to take a break and then we're going to get back to how to manage the people you live with who don't apologize. So one of the things I think I'm going to do when my kids are out of the house, which is kind of looming, is to build a website that is just mine. I haven't tried it yet. It seems daunting, but I know where I will start, which is by using Squarespace. Squarespace makes websites that are beautiful, 
they look professionally designed no matter what your skill level. So you don't need to know how to code, which is good for me since I don't know how to code. Squarespace helps you build a website that has intuitive, easy to use tools. And if you sign up now, you get a free domain for a year. So to start your free trial site today, go to squarespace.com and make sure you use the offer code real simple to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. Okay, Ryan Fair, if you are in a situation with someone, whether it's kind of a chronic thing or a one-time thing, where you feel like you are owed an apology and you're not getting it, what do you do? Do you try to elicit an apology? Do you manage your own feelings and move on? Like, how do you how do you handle that? So how do you sort of try to encourage them to apologize? Either that, if that if you feel like that's what you need. Right. Or Mm -hmm. how do you say to yourself, this person's not ever going to apologize and I'm going to be okay with that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you move on, basically? Yeah. Yeah. So so that's a that's a tough one, kind of moving on without resolving the conflict. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's best to try to get to that resolution. And so to do that, you really have to use those tactics that I mentioned uh, earlier. So you really need to try to help the other person understand your perspective, express what you need to move forward Mm -hmm. and say, hey, this is really upsetting to me. In order for us to move forward with our relationship, we really need to, to resolve this and I need to understand that you're not going to to do this again. Mm-hmm. And then again, to not threaten the other person, to not make them feel threatened. And so I would encourage pushing toward that much more than the, oh, well, let's just move on. Because research shows that we're not very good at pushing out thoughts. So if I tell you, don't think about a white bear, mm-hmm. then that's all you can think of. Right. And so whenever we try to suppress a thought like, oh, I just won't be upset at this person anymore, right. then we're just going to ruminate. And all we're going to do is be able to think about this person and how they wronged us and how they never even apologized and mm-hmm. I can't believe it. And that's the most likely way that that's going to happen. So because of that, because we can't just push it out of memory, I recommend trying to resolve it. And And if you can't get the apology then the next best thing is to actively reframe the way you think about the conflict. And so saying to yourself and understanding everybody makes mistakes, Mm -hmm. this person isn't a bad person, they're just a person who did this one bad thing. And if we can reaffirm that other person's character, that can help. Like, what if the other person's not sorry? Like, what if you want an apology from someone? Like your messy roommate, right? What if that Mm -hmm. messy roommate of yours thinks that being messy is totally fine and does not owe you any kind of apology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, then sometimes uh, the two parties are just going to disagree. And if, if you reach that point where, you know, you think somebody should regret something and then they don't regret it, then there's not a lot to do to meet in the middle there because there's nothing for them to apologize for on their end. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we don't always get the apologies that we that we want. Well, and related to that is what what if someone apologizes and you can tell that they really don't mean it, you know, that it doesn't seem like a sincere apology? Like, is an insincere apology good enough, do you think? So, you know, there's been some research on insincere apologies and how we react to them. And the interesting finding is they kind of are. So 
they if, kind if of are you look at enough. The victim, I mean. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. yeah. So they're not as good as sincere apology. But if if you look at the way victims respond to insincere apologies, they're so motivated to 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 receive an apology. They really want the other person to apologize that they'll sort of dismiss the insincere components a, a little bit. Now, right. I'm not saying that an insincere apology is a, is a great thing, but if you compare the way a victim responds to an insincere apology to a third party that mm -hmm. has no stake in the game. The third party is much more likely to say that doesn't count as an apology at all. Uh, but the victim really wants it. They're more likely to view it in a more positive light. Okay, so final question for you. As human beings, why do we feel the need to get an apology when we feel wronged? Like, what's the impulse? Why do you need that other person to apologize to you? Do you know? Well, Sure. Well, I think that we're fundamentally social human beings, and we like to have meaningful and productive relationships. And so when that need for relationships that we have, that need for acceptance, for belonging, for social support, all of that stuff gets thwarted, we have these negative reactions. And so what apology does, the reason it's effective is it does at least two things. The first is that it reaffirms the shared values between the two people. Mm -hmm. So it makes you kind of feel like, hey, we're on the same page here. We both have the same understanding of what it means to be a good and compassionate person. The other thing it does, though, is that it signals that it won't happen again. Mm. So we're very sensitive to the threats to ourselves in our environments. And so when somebody harms us, that's a big problem. So you can imagine from an evolutionary perspective, mm -hmm. we're really attuned to not being harmed by other people. So through an apology, the other person is saying, hey, I know I did this bad thing, but that's not me. In the future, I won't do this again because I'm a good person. And that that really is so effective in bridging that relationship because it removes that sort of nagging feeling in the back of your mind that, oh, this is just going to happen again next week. So it's receiving an apology is about kind of strengthening a, a bond between people, right? It's about right. reinforcing that social bond. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. I could talk about this all day. I obviously need to reframe some of my own behavior, I think. And I'm going to remember this apology has two components, responsibility and regret. A real apology does. Yes. Um, I feel like I need to put that on a card and carry it around with me. <laughs> and, Absolutely. And to use it on myself and my own, in checking my own behavior, but also on the people that, that I interact with. Anyway. Hand them out as well. Yeah. yeah, and hand them out. There you go. That's a business idea for you. <laughs> Make these cards, you and you could sell them online. <laughs> All right. Okay, so that is it for this week's episode of I Want to Like You. We've been hearing from Ryan Fair, who's an assistant professor of management at the University of Washington's Foster School of Business, who clearly has spent a lot of time studying apology and forgiveness. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being here. Thank you. Our producer is Kristen Meinzer. Our editor is Tim Einenkel. And Caitlin Peary helps me put together this podcast in the Real Simple offices. Please let us know what you think of this show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or you can tweet irritating people to, directly to me at Kay Van Ogtrop. And I want to thank at JC Pratt 5 who tweeted the idea for this episode on people who can't apologize. For more on irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com and subscribe to us on iTunes. For Ryan Fair, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us. 